Hi, everyone, and welcome to the AGCS podcast. The 2020 Safety and Shipping Review identifies loss trends and highlights coronavirus, climate, security, and technology-related challenges for the maritime sector. Given the global shipping industry is responsible for about 90% of world trade, the safety of its vessels is critical. Captain Andrew Kinsey, Senior Marine Risk Consultant in AGCS, joins the show to discuss how the industry is responding not only to revolutionary changes in regulations, but global disruptions that have changed the game on the high seas. Captain Kinsey, the 2020 Safety and Shipping Review notes that the number of total losses at sea is down to its lowest total this century, but the total number of shipping incidents is actually up 5% year on year. So what's driving that anomaly? Well, the, the question actually made, which is the anomaly, the lowest losses or the increase in incidents? Because shipping has always been cyclical. And in this, a key factor in the overall story of total ship losses has to do the decline in bulk vessel losses. This trend has continued in 2019 with only one bulk vessel lost, while as recently as 2015, we had 13 lost in a year. A key to this is the fact that we are shining a light on this and, and we're actively working with flag state and port states to address deficiencies before they reach the point of severity that could lead to total vessel loss. However, bad weather continues to be a major factor in total losses of vessels, and we continue to strive to try to implement improvements in both weather forecasting and vessel routing to avoid these weather events. You mentioned the weather risks, but I'm interested in hearing more about what some of the rising geopolitical tensions can do to threaten shipping lanes in certain key areas of the world. So what are some of those main risks and what are those biggest global hotspots? The fascinating thing about our geopolitical risks and, and where they're located is they follow traditional choke points that have been the bane of existence for shipping for as long as we've gone to sea. Some of these include the Straits of Hormuz and the Babel Mendep Strait. Both of these locations are very challenging from a navigational perspective, but they are also currently geopolitical hotspots for unrest. You combine a challenging navigational profile with outside influences that can raise the sector of active targeting from hostile nations that raises the stakes. In addition to that, another area that has continued to be uh, an area of, of a lot of tension is the Spratly Islands. Currently with the Spratlys, we have China, Taiwan, Malaysia, Philippines, Vietnam, and Brunei, all involved in a territorial dispute in this key shipping area in, in the South China Sea. Outside of weather risks and geopolitical risks, there's also rules and regulations that change on a dime. So I'm interested to hear the importance of the IMO 2020, which requires low sulfur fuels, and what that might mean for the future. Well, the, the importance of the IMO 2020 requirements is an overall import for the maritime industry to follow suit with the rest of global industry and look to reduce its carbon footprint. It's for a variety of reasons economic as well as social responsibility. However, there are challenges with the use of these low sulfur fuels. Sulfur in a fuel gives some key components. One, it reduces biological activity in a fuel, and also sulfur adds lubrication to moving metal parts. So when you reduce sulfur and you're reformulating fuel that we have traditionally used to burn in these engines, it's a challenge. So it's important that we continue to address these challenges. Now, it's gone well so far. It's gone better than most people even expected as of January when this was implemented. But it's not something that you can really rest on your laurels with because the issue of microbial growth in fuels, addressing fuel stability, 
and reducing the water content that these new low sulfur fuels can have is something that requires constant monitoring, testing, and treatment. If they're not done accurately and if they're not done regularly, they will lead to damages and that will result in machinery failures and claims activity. How is the shipping industry keeping up with the environmental shifts, the awareness, and being globally green while dealing with all of these global disruptions? At present, the biggest challenge really is tied in with the COVID-19 pandemic. However, the risk associated with shipping can never be looked at in a vacuum and it can never be looked at by a single issue because they all are tied in. Just like the supply chain we support, we have to deal with all these risks and issues holistically, looking at them at all. So those challenges and, and what do we face? At present, it's the overall slowdown of the world economy that is our biggest challenge in maritime industry and in marine insurance. How do we address these accumulations of risks? How do we address these issues of vessels being laid up or seeing reduced usage while keeping them safe and keeping the supply chain moving and being able to respond quickly as demand and as production ramps back up? The issue of floating oil storage has been something that's been getting a lot of attention. And it's interesting because we've seen this issue before. The, the issue of floating oil storage is not, not new. It's ULCCs and DLCCs have been used for floating storage as market fluctuations take place for the last 50 years. However, when you now have 15 tankers or more anchored off Long Beach, California, that's a lot different than having those tankers sitting in anchorage off Kujaira. So when we're looking at these issues, we're now seeing it in a complete global context. It's not a similar situation or a situation as in the past where uh, during the first and second Gulf Wars, we had tankers that were outside the Gulf waiting. Now we're seeing the overall supply chain globally being impacted with these challenges. So as a result, we're looking at it on a much larger scale. You mentioned the floating storage tankers, and there's currently over 200 million barrels of oil being stored on floating storage tankers around the world. These risks are maybe different and more challenging than normal. Yes, and the fact that you're taking what normally is a mobile asset and put it in a static location or a semi-static in that it's not steaming and that you're just sitting at anchor, increases risk in some regards, in many regards, because we're no longer looking at a traditional steaming scenario where you can avoid the weather. You're in it. Now, whether we're looking at vessel locations in tankers off the West Coast or currently with the cruise ships laid up on the East Coast or in the South China Sea, we have to understand where they are and what the risks are associated with their locations, especially as we enter hurricane and typhoon seasons. The 2020 Safety and Shipping Review notes just how fascinating the next few years are going to be for the global shipping industry. So, Captain Kinsey, take me through what might be the worst case scenario for the industry and then what might be the best case. It, it could be said that we're currently in the worst case scenario. The challenges that we are being faced with right now between the declining rates, declining volume, laid up vessels, lack of adequate crew changes. This is all, you know, growing up to be the perfect storm scenario. And the worst case that we could look at would be that this can adversely impact our ability to attract qualified personnel. Because the most important safety equipment you can have on board a vessel is a trained and qualified crew member. They are our first line of defense, and they are our best safety management systems, is the people doing the work. So they're a key element, 
and we really need to, in the best case scenario, have that addressed on the global scale. Have crew members deemed as essential workers and remove those challenges that currently exist to having crew changes taking place globally. Another key aspect that's going to be addressed in the in after in the aftermath of this is our current supply chain. If you had asked the normal American in February of 2020 about the supply chain associated with how they go about getting bacon or toilet paper or any other common consumable, they would have looked at you and said, what? But as a result of the challenges we've had, we are now looking at people understanding what a supply chain is and how this current just-in-time supply chain globally has put us at increased risk. So if we look at addressing that current supply chain by making it more robust, shortening it up, having duality, let's say, not just sole source vendoring, it can do a lot of things. It makes it more robust, and it can also slow down that just-in-time supply chain scenario so that you're actually slowing things down, especially for the container ship industry. By slowing down that speed of having to get the box there immediately, you can take more time to review that dangerous cargo manifest. You can catch the improperly declared or improperly stuffed cargo that could lead to a fire. You're slowing down overall operations to the point where you're not pushing crews to the point of exhaustion or overstressing infrastructure that can lead to loss. Special thanks to Captain Andrew Kinsey for joining the show. You can find the full 2020 safety and shipping review by following the link in the description of this podcast or on the AGCS website at www.agcs.allianz.com. You can get all of the latest AGCS content by following along on Twitter at AGCS underscore insurance and on LinkedIn at Allianz Global Corporate and Specialty. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. The more folks who do, the easier it is for others to find the show. Again, a big thanks to Captain Andrew Kinsey and for everyone at AGCS. I'm Ken Reichman, and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.